What's up, everybody? This is Jeffrey Lofton, otherwise known as Who Is That Again? And I want to welcome you to another episode of the Broke Millennial Podcast. Let's get into it. got a jam-packed episode this week but before we get into all of that i want to make sure i give a shout out to last week's guests philip broughton and Mackenzie carlton i just wanted to give a shout out to those guys thank you so much for being on um you know uh, make sure y'all go and listen to that episode i'm telling you man it's just good to hear some real folks out here doing some great things and my mom listens to this podcast every week and she gives me a recap when we talk on the phone and she enjoyed hearing from those guys and the different lanes that they're in and i just want to let y'all know we celebrate the real ones on this podcast so listen philip matt y'all keep up the good work now if you aren't following broke meal pod on IG and Twitter, y'all, what's going on? Follow us. I want to engage with you, so please, 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 please follow us. Let us know what you think of the podcast. All right, so uh, if you listen to this podcast when it's released, it's released on a Tuesday, and I hope this week's off to a great start for you. It's hard to believe we are seven, yes, count them all, seven episodes into the Broke Millennial Podcast been so much fun having these conversations and getting this content out to you all now one thing you ought to all know about me by now i'm churchy i'm churchy through and through i remember going to sleep to hezekiah walker and love fellowship crusade choir cds yes that was the love fellowship crusade choir cds when i was little And church was basically all I knew growing up. We were a churchy household. Matter of fact, y'all remember that movie, Major Pain? (laughs) Well, in one of the scenes, Karen Parsons' character threw a book at Major Pain, played by Damon Wayans, and told him to read it and apply it. So after watching that movie a couple times, and maybe I, I would say I was probably about three or four years old, my dad tells a story that of me carrying the Bible up to my parents' room and yelling, read it and apply it, and throwing it down and walking away. Churchy. <laughs> I used to love wearing suits to church and would have asked to wear them to school if I wasn't so afraid of other kids laughing at me. I was a little churchy old man. And I say all that to say that whenever I get the opportunity to talk with someone about these shared experiences in church, It's so much fun for me, you know, just realizing that I'm not the only one and you aren't the only one. And if I ain't ventured down to your street yet, trust me, we coming. All right. So today we welcome a man I refer to as the pastor of Athens, Georgia. That's none other than Reverend Pastor J. Ricardo Smith. Now, I knew of him 
a little bit before I actually knew him. But in all, I think we've known each other now for about seven or eight years. He pastors a wonderful church, the Browns Chapel Baptist Church in Bishop, Georgia, and has a beautiful wife and tremendously gifted and intelligent four-year-old son. And I'm so excited to welcome to the podcast, Reverend J. Ricardo Smith. Well, what's up, everybody? I want to welcome you to the Broke Millennial Podcast. My name is Jeffrey Lofton, otherwise known as, who is that again? And I want to welcome to this episode, the right reverend, Athens pastor, Reverend J. Ricardo Smith. Introduce yourself, sir. Welcome. Wow. <laughs> I, I have... <laughs> I need to call my mama and say, mama, I've made it. I am on the Broke <laughs> Millennial Podcast. Um, and you've always given me this Athens pastor moniker, you know. And so I, I'll fight you about that later. But uh, but no, man, I'm I'm just honored to be here. Uh, Jay Ricardo Smith, to some people, I'm just Ricky, um, a native of Athens. Uh, I've been blessed to be able to kind of return to my roots uh, to do ministry uh, in and around uh, the Athens area, pastor a church in Oconee County in Bishop, Georgia, uh, called the Brown Chapel Baptist Church. I lead a conference for uh, church leaders and community leaders uh, called the Classic City Conference. And I am, uh, I'm married up. I'm, I'm blessed to have an amazing wife and uh, we're raising a four-year-old son um, just enjoying life and the ebbs and flows that come with man i'm telling you we're so excited to have you on here i am really eager to jump into this conversation but talk to me first of all about the the pathway to become kind of a hometown pastor i call them kind of hometown heroes i've met some people who uh you know maybe like myself tried to run away from home uh so you know talk to me about uh your process of coming back to be a hometown pastor of sorts wow man um i guess if i tried to run away i couldn't um (laughs) this is this is the the reason i'm here uh, i believe is uh, because god has called me to the area Uh, it's it's a life call um and so um in a real sense I believe at an early age, I was able to identify what my purpose was um, and not just my calling as a minister, but also uh, one of my good friends, uh, Matt Adair, always uh, says that you have your calling and then you have your kingdom contribution. Your contribution will change and transition over time. Um, but, you know, you're still called to be who God called you to be, but your contribution to the kingdom may may look different over time. And so um, this is my life, the kingdom contribution that, that I believe God has for me uh, is to do ministry uh, in the place that I grew up. It's unheard of uh, for that to, to happen often. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, Jesus said, you know, uh, there's no honor for the prophet in his hometown. And so I'm trying to uh, see if, if we can do the opposite of what, <laughs> what Jesus had, <laughs> had, had encountered uh, in his time. But even uh, in that, to, to see people I grew up with, um, to see uh, even families where I grew up with the, where, with their children, uh, but they can respect and honor me enough uh, as their spiritual leader has just been mind-blowing to me. And so, um, yeah, so I, I guess that 
that's the best answer I got for you, I believe. Uh, well, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, talk to me more. Uh, so th- that process, like what that process of the decision to come back. So I know you're called here, but kind of when you realize that was there, you know, was there any, I guess, um, reservation or any sort of challenge where you're kind of like, uh, I don't know if this is really what I want to do. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, there were, you know, there are classmates of mine from college that, you know, they're all over the country now, you know, uh, and doing uh, some phenomenal work. And the, and the Lord says to me, you're going back home, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so um, I, I think also be, being a millennial, I, I believe uh, one of the things that I'm just absolutely amazed by, and we can talk about this you know, more in depth later, but mm-hmm. I'm on that top end of the millennial spectrum. Uh, uh-huh. But for those who are, who are much younger, uh, just the, the ingenuity and creativity they have as it relates to uh, exercising not just a not just a job not, but a career but even it, how they can intertwine their calling and not in traditional and untraditional ways not even nine to fives um has been absolutely mind-blowing to me and so in, in that um i think for me i had to pretty much come to grips with uh some family dynamics that that god was saying that you know we needed to be here for um mm-hmm. and conversations with my wife uh, I would encourage anybody who's uh, who's married in ministry that they would uh, make sure that your spouse understands the calling that's on the both of you, uh, because this is something you're doing uh, in tandem. Even uh, if the call to to preach or to minister is on one, uh, we we're all doing ministry together, and so um, don't, those conversations and really discerning uh, the will of God in that. Um, what has been my process. And so I'm not saying it was an easy journey, uh, but, but at this juncture, cause I've, I've been pastoring now uh, a little over nine years, uh, been doing some form of ministry, um, licensed ministry for 15, probably been bootlegging for about 30. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, a, a little lot. something about that. You know, a little something <laughs> about that too. You know a little something. And a so, bootlegging, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> But but no, it's been a great it's been a great journey. Uh, but it, but it definitely is one where uh, you have to be willing to uh, to say no to your will and be able to say yes to God's. Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, as a millennial past, let's let's get into it. All right, millennial pastor. Talk to me about them challenges, cause millennial past, uh, you know. We different, like you said, intertwining it. It doesn't follow a traditional cookie cutter type of experience. So how have you had to kind of reconcile, wrestle it with uh, in spaces that are maybe a little more traditional? How have you kind of managed that? (laughs) The help of the good Lord. Yes, sir. The help of the good Lord. Um, No, it is uh, different. I think as a millennial and uh, so I went into a very traditional context and um, I think at 28 you you just kind of think you can save the world uh, mm-hmm. and you know make, make, oh this will work this will definitely work here we can do this here um, yeah. until now that I'm almost now that I'm 38 <laughs> I look at things uh, totally differently than I yes. did then um, but it, it has been a journey of 
not putting my creativity to the back burner um, and the creativity of other millennials. Because what, what naturally happens um, when you look at leadership, uh, what you put before the people is what you attract. Mm. And so um, we've been able to uh, attract you know, young millennials, young families, college students. And in that uh, transition to get them to, to serve in a space where there are people much their senior um, mm. who have been a part uh, of that ministry uh, probably for half of our church's existence, 125 years. And so you do the math, half of that existence. <laughs> yes. um, and, and getting them to work together. Yeah. Um, it, 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 has, it has its challenges, but uh, that's one of the things I think even as millennials, we, we, we love a challenge. We love to be able mm. to tackle uh, some things of that nature. And so um, I have been, been, I've been blessed, honestly, to be able to explore that creativity, uh, the creativity in how we minister in the, in the sanctuary and worship creativity uh, and just bringing ideas to the table as to how we minister to the community. Um, yeah. Because I believe that is a huge aspect of what millennials are looking for as it relates mm-hmm. to their faith journey right now. What is your, what is your ministry doing? to address X, Y, and Z as it relates to things that we encounter in the world. Wow. And so uh, being able to, to kind of mix those things, the, the buzzword all pandemic long has been hybrid of sorts. You know, mm-hmm. you got to do a hybrid with this. That's that whole, you know, you know, in-person and virtual, I believe also uh, just the totality of, of ministry for a millennial pastor has had to be um, the hybrid experience, unless you just got a church full of young people. You, yeah. You've been able to, to just go full steam ahead in one direction. But my context, it's been the it's been the merging of the worlds. Uh, but mm. but to still see the spiritual growth and the maturation of uh, people in their 30s and their 70s um, yeah. and being able to, to kind of, you know, minister across those intergenerational lines uh, has been a great mm. challenge and it's been a great and with great challenges come great rewards too. I believe it's been a great reward great to watch reward. to watch them uh, continue to grow in God in that way. So, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you mentioned something about um, kind of millennials looking for more than just your what's going on in the four walls of the church, our traditional devotion announcements you know (laughs) our traditional experience looking for something a little bit more what are some of those things that you're kind of seeing um you know from us I say uh, you know I'm I'm an old soul so you know I'll come to church and you know I'll be good I'll sit all through you know I'll sit all through everything but yeah yeah what are you what are you seeing what are you hearing um as far as like keeping what is keeping us engaged um with the church what are those you know um, things that that they're saying what are you doing to solve the or to help these issues so let me i guess before i answer you and prayerfully i will have have an answer (laughs) uh i would say that all all of us are not doing that well Mm -hmm. um as it relates to addressing those needs I, i think you're going to see, continue to see kind of an advent of uh, spirituality in, mm-hmm. uh, in various forms. 
um, outside of our Christian context, if you will. Yes, sir. Um, and the and and I keep using the word hybrid, but this fusion that people try to 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 make it make sense that they can mm-hmm. they can be they can they can be Christian and add in all different types of things. Right. Um, and I think when they, when you some of the issues we're getting ready to talk about, I think they see other organizations and they see other outlets that seem to address those issues and speak to those issues more than the church or yeah. the traditional local church context. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna continue to see. We've already seen it. I think we're going to continue to see somewhat of an exodus from traditional contexts that will not uh, speak truth to power, that will not um, minister to their needs right where they are. And so I would say um, some of those needs are, um, I mean, you just look at race relations, you know, especially uh, for black millennials, you know, it's it's a whole nother conversation for our white brothers and sisters, but for black millennials, uh, if, if you are not engaged in, the issues of race in mm. some capacity, yeah. um, then you're, you're wasting time trying to get them to come to your church, you know? <laughs> um, and I also believe as it relates to the pandemic and how things have heightened uh, even during this time as it relates to race and police brutality, or even as we deal with the, the political nature of the pandemic and how yeah. things have, have, have shifted from just being concerned about your neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. uh, do unto others as you have them do unto you, or, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, just some of the biblical principles that we have that, mm-hmm. that we just don't see exercise today. Um, millennials are looking for uh, ministries that are going to address those issues um, or issues of uh, not, not even on, on that end of the spectrum, you know, or, or embracing the creativity and uh, the, the innovation that, you know, millennials have. I mean, this, this whole phrase uh, of creatives is a whole mm-hmm. branch of a whole branch of us now to where, you know, if you're not doing anything to engage them or, uh, to utilize their giftings, even if it mm-hmm. looks totally different than what we've done uh, in ministry before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think God thrust us through this pandemic period to show us that what we were doing before uh, is not what we need to continue to do moving sure. forward. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think uh, being able to to engage them in that regard, and I'm and because again, I'm, I'm on the top end of this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe. That if churches are still trying to engage millennials at this stage, they've missed the mark. Mm. Generation Z is behind us, and it's going to be a whole gap of them that are not going to be ministered to in yeah. their own context. Mm-hmm. If we're still trying to figure out how to reach millennials and thinking that millennials is the is the baby church, and still thinking millennials are the young wow. kids, you know, wow. Um, because now millennials should be in leadership; they should be the yes. ones sowing and investing and Whoa. pouring into others, you know, wow. and we, we still trying to pour into millennials when yep. they should be the ones doing the pouring at this, at this stage of ministry. And so, um, I'm gonna get in trouble if this podcast get out too far, but, I, um, <laughs> but this is the season I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> the, the generations before us have not moved into the next realm of mm-hmm. their, of their ministry work to allow space for millennials 
And again, millennials are going to look at it totally differently, but it's what we need if we're going to be able to reach back to Gen Z. And so uh, I don't know if that, did I answer that? Did I answer that? You did. You did. I I mean, I, I tell people, you know, uh, you know, I've I've done some interviews before where I almost had to press pause so I could run around my kitchen real quick and come back. <laughs> but run, you run on, Reverend. Run on, Reverend. <laughs> run on. <laughs> Man, you, you, you hit on some stuff. And so I because these are conversations that I have all the time where because space was not really created or um uh, the, the in the infant stages of their Christianity, a lot of our older and I'm talking like older millennials, um, you know, like you talked about the top end, I see it where they are so disengaged and the church is like the furthest thing from their minds and serving in the church. I come because my mama said, you know, please come for Mother's Day. Wow. But uh in serving in the church i'm not doing so what do you think and i hate to say it like this but where do you think the ball was kind of dropped and this is of course in general context of course because some people didn't drop it but absolutely absolutely i mean you know because we are painting with a broad brush but i'm but i'm I'm sitting here talking to you your pastor Mm. is has done a phenomenal job of of turning that curve um, yeah. as it relates to ministering to uh, this generation. Um, so, so I, I said a couple, I said a couple ways. Um, so you mentioned, you know, mom making you come to church. Mm-hmm. So spiritual formation happened for us in mm-hmm. a context of, of study, a, a context of, um, so you, you talking, whether that Sunday school, Bible study, BTU, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. your, whatever the training practices were, yeah. um, in, 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 in different contexts, that's, those were spiritual formation moments. Well, when, and it started happening in my generation where, uh, parents allowed their children to make decisions for themselves mm-hmm. to where, yeah, I don't really want to go to church. And so mm-hmm. there would, church became an option for them. Um, yeah. And in that option, church became an option in a very critical time of spiritual formation and shaping. Wow. And so if there's so many other voices that are present in my life um, and I feel I love God, I feel I have a relationship with God, uh, but I don't feel that I have to exercise that relationship in a traditional church context. Mm-hmm. then the church is no longer a priority. Number mm-hmm. two, I would say it has been the advent of, of extracurricular activities. And so travel ball and travel cheer and, you know, all, all, all of those, yep. those items. Yeah, I would love to be participating in X, Y, and Z, but, you know, my kids got this, my kids got that. And, and this is something that I'm trying to wrap my mind around. How do we, how do we then shape ministry for millennials who have children and those children yeah. are, are, are uber involved in everything and you want them involved. Cause I think um, I'm one of my advocate of whatever, whatever they're involved in um, is helping to uh, shape them for whatever calling God has for their respective lives. And so, 
They need right. to be introduced to these. They need to be well-cultured and diverse in, in what yes. they can do. And so how do we as a church not fight that and say, well, y'all, you know, you ought to care more about this than you do. Well, they, you, you, you got to offer something that makes them want to come, which is my third thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what are, what are we shaping and how are we shaping and viewing ministry and trying to say to millennials and to Gen Zers, come participate in what we're doing versus saying, mm -hmm. this is for you and we want to come alongside and give you the aids and the resources and the support to be able to do yes. what it is that you feel led to do. But don't just come do what we, what we want to do because you don't want to do that. Right. You don't want to do that. That's why you haven't been here. <laughs> and and I, I think that the ball was also dropped where in the 1960s, the civil rights movement mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. prevalent and its origin was the black church. Mm -hmm. For the climate we're currently in, the black lives matter movement has, was not birthed out of the black church. No, you're right. And so I think, that's where a lot of the ball, when we talk about the ball being dropped, um, people have found uh, that they can take or leave the church. Mm -hmm. And that's a, and, it, and it's going to be left up to our generation to 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 have the space yeah. to work, to work and to have some difficult conversations with our with previous generations um, to say, if you really want to invest in the future of your family, if you want to invest in the future of the body of Christ, if you want to invest in the future of the church, then there must be millennials at the table mm. when it comes to the decision-making so that we don't continue to drop the ball. Absolutely, man. And, um, you know, I was thinking, I well, just some, some thoughts that kind of, kind of came to my, kind of came to, came to mind there is also, gracefully educating them on what church actually is. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. How about I have that? had to come to a new understanding of what church actually is. It is not just programs and you know and 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 and, and, and you know dressing up and stuff like that's that's like that is what we, that is culture. <laughs> you yes, feel indeed. me? Yes, but indeed. it is not necessarily church. That is not what church is. And so I think you're starting to see, and I want to get your thoughts on this, but I think, because um, I even had a discussion with my friends this week where I we went to like an extra event that was outside of church. It was something that a pastor had put on, but it was an extra event. One of um, a, a pretty prominent pastor who was putting on an extra event. Of course, uh, you know, they're opening a church here in Atlanta. And so I kind of wanted to go check out, see what they, see what they were doing. Sure. And so I went black millennials bursting out the seams. Okay. Of this place. But real, um, I, I told them, I said, y'all, this felt like church to me. Like, this is church. <laughs> like, we had a high time in the Lord. I said, so it ain't the music. It's not the, the. I mean, they had, like, flashing lights and stuff like that. And me being a little more traditional, I, I don't care for all that. But, you know, so I'm like, okay. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but the music, the same. The preaching. I mean, expository, 
you know, he even put in a little hoop in there. And I'm sitting there and the folks was eating it up. So I'm like, so it's not the style of preaching. It's not necessarily the clothes they're wearing. It's not the music. What do you think? Like, it's the community. Yes. The community. They feel like they belong. Talk to me. What what you think about about that? You you took the word out of my mouth, man. Community. I think um, one of the one of the dangers, and this is let me go back to your original yeah, question, yeah. and then I'll connect the two. Um, one of the dangers that I'm seeing is that black millennials who do want involvement in the local church, they're making a, they were making an exodus to what you would call multi-ethnic, multicultural spaces mm-hmm. that were not multicultural and multi-ethnic in terms of expression and leadership. Mm. They were multicultural and multi-ethnic in terms of you were in the pew and we've got, we've got some colors sprinkled in in the pew, but, but and, and perhaps even on the stage saying, yeah. because we like y'all songs, we yeah. just gonna you know, play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. And so we gonna we just gonna we gonna we gonna shift it a bit uh to fit our context. But um I think there's gonna be an exodus back in return to the to the traditional church, which is what we must be ready for. Um I believe mm-hmm. I believe they're coming back and I believe in the return it must be you know spaces that look like what you're talking about that look like community. So mm-hmm. what what I've been able to do here at Brown Chapel um has been I mean, it was almost painful to hear a, uh, a 39-year-old couple, both of them, I think both 39, to, to ask me, they joined our church in the middle of the pandemic and asked me, you know, uh, do I have to wear a suit to come to church? Mm. And, um, and, and I think they asked because, you know, all they knew was virtual and drive-up experiences, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And when we had drive-up experience, folks still in suits in the, in the cars. It's like, yeah. hey, <laughs> can't nobody see what you got hold in the car, you know. And so... Those those accoutrements of 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 church and ministry is what tend to what what previously were were prioritized mm-hmm. more than what should be central and what central is community. What central is Christ? What central is the Word of God? And mm-hmm. as long as that is present and prevalent, mm-hmm. everything else around it is a matter of preference. Mm. So it's, it's a matter of preference, and and so. Even as you you know shared that experience, I believe there are millennials who who want the flashing lights. I believe it's millennials oh, yeah. that that won't that won't church you. I believe you know that with that expository message, ain't nothing wrong with a little hoop if you said something before it. You Look, know, it, <laughs> matter of fact, matter of fact, I'll shout and go with you if you if you said something. <laughs> if you said it, something, you know, right? If you said something. <laughs> so, um, I, I think all of that. And, and I and I and I balance it with this: that everything that we talk about as being foundational or mm-hmm. as being uh, a part of our experience and our expression is not wrong. Right. Um, right. And so it's a matter of prioritizing the things that are right mm-hmm. and not our preferences. Church mm-hmm. is not church is not about personal preferences, you know. And, and we've got to get past that. Um, and we don't have to acquiesce and shift to what the majority culture does. Yeah. You know, so, so if you, if you suited and booted, that's fine. You know, if you, if you wearing skinny jeans and a t-shirt, that's fine. You're not going to find me on the stage 
with a skit with skinny jeans and a t-shirt with holes everywhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, you're not that's because that's just not me, you know. <laughs> but we're not gonna adjust to majority culture to to still have an expression of worship mm-hmm. uh, that is authentic, that is who we are. And again, that is that is prioritizing the things that matter. That's yeah. community, that's the word of God, uh, that's connecting one to another. Um, and so and finding creative ways to continue to do that. So even in the pandemic, you know, when you can't connect, when you can't have community in the same way, are you utilizing, you know, multiple methods for connectivity and Zoom and, and doing groups and different forms of study? Because that's the that's the way, you know, I, I hate to I hate to say this, but yeah. traditional Sunday school and Bible study, I'm not I'm not against it. No, I'm not against it. No, but I don't believe that's going to reach millennials today. Yeah. What's going to reach them today is meet me at the Jittery Joe's, meet me at the Starbucks, wow. you know, bring, bring, we'll, we'll meet up at somebody's house and, and, and everybody's going to bring their own dishes to the house or, you know, uh, you know, some, 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 some millennials, I ain't judging nobody, going to do it over mimosas, you know, whatever it may be, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it may be. Jesus turned water into wine. So listen, he, he did. But, uh, <laughs> But I think that's the wave because it's because at the core, it goes back to your word. It's about community. It's about building community. And man. if we build community, millennials will come running. Man, come man. you want to know something, um, you know, in trying to work with our college ministry at the church. Um, that was one of the things that they mentioned was it needs to uh, one of the person. And they said it and I didn't catch it at first, but they said you know, we need to prioritize relationship over religion. And I said, Ooh. you know, I don't, I don't heard that. Right. You don't heard that. And so we not heard it. We didn't heard it. And I said, and I said, oh, okay. Oh yeah. You know, blah, blah. But then the Lord kind of settled it in my spirit. He was like, not relationship necessarily with me, but relationship with each other. There you go. And I was like, Oh, he said, you know, y'all, y'all real tight with me, but you real loose with each other. <laughs> Yeah. And, and that and that whole vertical horizontal, that, that the picture yeah. of the cross that we have yeah. um, in our relationship with God. How can we be in right relationship with God if we're not in right relationship one with another? And so yes. um, I, I think that's I think that's important. Honestly, I think millennials are going to get the church back to the Bible. Mm-mm. Talk, 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 talk. I'm going to let you elaborate on that. Yeah. You're going to get us back to the Bible because I think. Again, there's so much that we have done in church yeah. that wasn't biblical um, mm-hmm. and that had no uh, salvific power and mm-hmm. also um, had no edifying power. You know, people were not wow. being built up as a result of, you know, the, 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 the experiences, the expressions, as you mentioned earlier, the programs mm-hmm. and things of that nature that we mm-hmm. had. So God said, I'll tell you what, let me just pull the carpet out from you. Cause y'all going to keep doing it the same way anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Every, every year y'all just going to go get the program from the previous year and say, what did we do last year? And put somebody else's name on it, you know, scratch that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me pull the carpet out. Yeah. And, and so this was, this would be a great opportunity for, for all churches to reexamine and reimagine what does ministry look like? to minister to millennials and to Gen Z, because if they're not in your church, your church is at this point, your, your oldest millennials are 40. So at this point, your church is about 15 to 20 years from non-existence. 
So make it real for us, Ray. Go to the Bible. <laughs> the Bible yeah. is our source. It is our strength. It is the greatest clarity we have to deal with the issues of today and get back to the Bible. If you go back to Acts and you look at, you know, Acts 2 and the formation of the church and, yeah. you know, the, the eating and breaking bread one house to another, listening to the apostles doctrine, the apostles teaching, you know, the fellowship that is there, that is relationship at its core. Wow. All we got to do is what the Bible says, and, and we'll watch God <laughs> breathe on breathe on our ministries like never before. And again, millennials are going to do it in a way that may not look like what we did pre-pandemic, but it's still going to look like the Bible. Wow. It's still going to look like the Bible. <laughs> I'd have got excited, boy. <laughs> wow. Oh, you know, I was um Revelation is one, you know, I was listening to a, a devotion on, on Revelation, and one of the examples they gave, they talked about the tribulation period. Mm-hmm. And he gave the example that the tribulation period, all it was is it shook everything up so that you could see what was gonna be left. <laughs> Yes, sir. And I, I've dealt with some of my friends who are kind of having that crisis of belief, that crisis of faith. And that example, it's like shaking a tree and seeing what's going to be left. And all that's going to be left is the word. So that's if we all. go back and build on the foundation of the word, like you said, God will grace us for this next season. Man, listen. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word. His last word. The, gra- the grass withers, the flower faded, but the word of God. You know, you you gonna get me happy in here, man. I don't want what. This 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 is a podcast for, for millennials. This ain't no old camp meeting. We not for the have that today. <laughs> Good God Almighty, Golly! But you know, so I mean, just and I think, and and what what that event that I was telling you about earlier, what that described to me, what that showed me, was it ain't a lack of appetite. No. Ooh. They hungry. We hungry. <laughs> That's why Starved. we watch <laughs> starving. Starved. That's why we watch eight, nine preachers every week. <laughs> you got that right, man. We hungry. <laughs> yeah. and, and and wow, man. Now you, now you lit a fire in me. That the couple I mentioned to you earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I use them often because again, they're on the top end of the millennial spectrum, right along with me. Yeah. Uh, but they 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 said to me after watching our service, um, and let me just be, full, be, be, be totally transparent in sharing this, the, the Sunday that they watched us for the very first time, I wasn't preaching. Uh-huh. Another, mm. uh, a, a dear friend of mine was, was ministering, totally different style, going back to, you know, it, it's substance over style. So totally different yeah, style and um, presentation method. And we uh, and the couple lives like literally a, a rock store away from from the church community, but didn't know the church existed. Wow. So if we didn't have an online presence, they wouldn't have been able to find us wow. right around the corner from where they live. Wow. Um, and so they find us, they watch, they figure out, OK, he's the guy who preached was not the senior pastor of the church. We'll we'll watch again to see 
you know, if the pastor can preach. And I keep asking them every week, has the pastor figured it out? But what blessed me was uh, a couple months after the, their initial contact, they said, what, what am I to do with all that I've been receiving? I've been receiving. I've been mm-hmm. been poured into. I, I've I've received the word. What do I do with? I can't just sit on this. What do I do with it? And so, to your point, I, I believe millennials are hungry. They're starving. They we have access to ministries at our fingertips, and so nobody should should miss church, whether it's in a in, in a traditional. Uh, in-person form, because I believe it's easier to do community that way, but even in the virtual space, because you can still, we found creative ways to do community in the virtual space as well, but they're not just watching their pastor, they're watching other voices as well. Now, let me, me, you know, temper my excitement with that, with that everybody who is, who, who has access to a phone or a camera doesn't necessarily mean that they got a solid word. Yeah. Oh, that's um, good. Oh man. And, and so, if, if you're not mature enough, and and your, and your pastor's feeding you, um, then you're going to eating at all these other tables at the same time. And sooner or later, you're gonna get sick because you were eating at these other tables. Eat too and, much, and you you, you just you just been eating too much, and and then don't mess around and 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 eat at and eat at Olive Garden. And, and then go pay at Carabas. Nah, you gotta, you, when you've been eating that, it's what you gotta pay. You didn't ask me, you didn't ask me, I just threw that in there for free. Throw it so, in there. The <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in there. No, so, so, need that so, too. So, because millennials need to understand the importance of, of sowing into ministries mm-hmm. um, to, to see God do great works there um, because God gives that provision for us to be able mm-hmm. to see the things come to pass that we've been praying for. Um, but in addition to that, I believe that with it access access to ministry at our fingertips, mm-hmm. we have an opportunity now to not be called the most biblical illiterate generation, mm. but to be one that will lead a revival and a renaissance. Um, because and and it's going to be done. Uh, in in a, in a brand new way, the revolution will be televised. This is come on, sir. This, this is the greatest revival that we would see in our lifetime if we looked at this pandemic with the right lens. If we had if we had the right lens for it, this this is what this is what we could we 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 could see some we could see some stuff shift like never before. Um, but we've got to embrace the creativity. That's ministry, you know. I believe pastors realized that we were investing a lot of money and resources into things that were not where we need to be. So now we've got to push our attention and our focus in a different area, but we're going to see that renaissance. We're going to see that revival take place uh, as we embrace it. It's just going to look different. It's going to look different, but there is, there is, there is not a lack of appetite. I'm using that. I'm taking that from you. Yes, sir. I'm using it. And and, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Elder Jeffrey Lofton said the first time. That's his first time. But after that, I'm gonna say a friend of mine said. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got, you got. It. But yeah, man, I, oh, that is mind blown. I told you, you saw. I almost, I almost threw my shoe at my screen, but I was like, wait, he's not there. And then you know, I'm broke millennial, so if I break his laptop, that's it for me. So. <laughs> 
I, I think I think that's why I got the invitation. We still we still on that broke side. We trying to yeah. get on, <laughs> we're trying to get on the other side, but, but I, I'm but in you, good company. <laughs> you it, listen, yes, sir. And so he, here's a question that I wanted um to kind of ask you as well. Well, um, actually, this was something that I had. So there's a lot of ministries where they're to this point where, you know, this is why they listen into eight, nine, you know, different paths or whatever. But there's a lot of ministries where they're getting poured into. And like you said, what do I do with all of this that I got? And something I realized, the church can also be a mission field. Uh-huh. This is a place where I can be nurtured. This is a place where I can get some training. This is a place where I have community to know that the stuff I go through, I ain't alone. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. I can see folks that got on the other side. So we ain't saying that we won't just church full of millennials. But I like being able to see folk that done been raised up, you know, from being sick for many years. I like being able to see these people come out of these difficult situations and they got over. They got over to the other side. I, and I think that's part of the, the community but also demonstrating that, yo, this is a mission field. You can put your hand to some work and you ain't got to do it by yourself. And you got a community that supports you, loves you, is going to train you and help you through this process in cultivating that calling. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I believe that the local church is the greatest place to nurture and exercise your gifts. So we we believe that, you know, every believer has 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 giftings, whatever God has bestowed mm-hmm. upon them. Um, and one of the things that I have learned about millennials is that we have convinced ourselves that I'm gifted, but I can use my gifts in other ways. And so they'll find ways to do good work that may not be God work. Wow. And so we do the good work in the community. We give back to the community. We invest in the community, which I believe is the work of the local church as well. Yeah. But the reason I believe the greatest place to, to, to use, to utilize, to exercise, to nurture your gifts is because it's the body of Christ. Going back to your connection, I must be connected because I got something that you may not have but you've got something I don't have as well. And mm-hmm. as we use our gifts together to the glory of God, we will continue to grow and exercise. So one of the things you, you, you'll hear me say often when I do invitations at Brown Chapel is, mm-hmm. are you growing where you're going? Are you growing mm-hmm. where you're going? And then I often have to add to that because when they come to new member orientation, it's like, great, we're glad to have you. This is, we call ourselves the place of growth. But mm-hmm. in order for you to grow, you've got to be putting, be willing to put something in. What, what what are you going to do? And and that's because I believe and you and you can be a testament to this. Yes. I, I believe it's not until we actively get involved that we and start exercising our gift that we really grow. That is that's the I believe that's the entry point uh, to 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 moving from that milk to, to meat. That's the entry mm-hmm. point for the maturation. Of us, because we don't go through some stuff. I mean, I'm just telling you, yeah. church, is, church is what it is. Um, I also say that part of that exodus out of the traditional context is is because millennials don't have time to fool with church politics. Mm-hmm. They well, just want to do the work. We, wow! Do let that sit. Do let, yeah, sit I need to let that sit. Oh, <laughs> yes, sir. 
we we want the we want the word, we want worship, we want for, for those on my end of the spectrum, our kids to be nurtured and cared for in the way spiritually that we would do mm-hmm. for them. Um, but but we don't have time for the extra shenanigans that come along with church. Wow. Like wow. don't waste our time. And I, I'd even go so far as to say that even even with your with the framing of a worship experience, don't waste our time. Like we, we, it's not that we're rushing It's not that we don't prioritize God is that again, we're creatives. We, we, we got 50 things going on at one time, but if you want me to prioritize worshiping with you in community, then Mm -hmm. make sure that you value, that you value the time that I put into it. But, Mm -hmm. but yes, the local church is the greatest place for us to use our gifts, to exercise our gifts, and preferably with great spiritual leadership, you are learning more about your gifts. You are you as you're pouring, you're being poured back into. Wow. You know? Yes, sir. Because it goes both ways. You know, it, I can't just say, "Come on, millennials, we need you. We need you to pour. We need you to pour." Then you've got to you're going to be pouring from an empty fountain sooner or later if yep. you're not continuously pour back into. So. Wow. Man, listen, I listen, I want to tie a bow mm. on that. I need to let that rest. But there's one more thing I want to talk to you about. We're going. So we've been driving. Yes, sir. Now I'm going. Hard left. Here we go. I'm ready. Talk to me about. In, in a couple minutes here, the classic city conference, because I like. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, Reverend. Wow. So um, God gave me a vision. Um, again, going back to where we started, I believe uh, that the Lord has called me to the area. And mm-hmm. so I also believe that in our life's calling and in our serving in the local church, that local church ought to spill out into the community. So I'm not just I'm not just here for Brown Chapel. I'm here for the community that Brown Chapel is part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brown Chapel understands you got to share me. <laughs> with the community at large. Um, And so I was blessed to build a lot of relationships uh, through, through times of ministry. Um, You you had an amazing podcast with Dr. Addison Kennedy, who actually taught for us uh, at our conference. Um, But, but I heard you guys talking uh, at length about uh, mentorships and relationships and, uh, and, and what those things could look like. Um, And so relationships can be, can, can be difficult in ministry. They can be uh, kind of fickle and funny. And uh, if you don't navigate this right, or people only building relationships for what they can get out of each other, you know, um, so we're trying to eradicate all of that foolishness. Yeah. Um, and also as a support to the local church, uh, to local pastors, to local ministers, to those who serve in ministry leadership, uh, to where we can bring you resources. And so uh, annually, every January, uh, we connect with uh, whatever you do in church. We connect with an organization that has products or resources that they can give you uh, to help you do that better. And so uh, mm-hmm. we give away books, we give away resources. Uh, and while you're there, you're going to hear from uh, some of our nation's greatest preachers and, and presenters. And so uh, we, we call it um, a, a conference that is designed to provide resources and build relationships for local pastors, local church leaders, local community activists. And so what started here in Athens, uh, primarily just for local 
pastors and local churches has has kind of morphed into more of a regional feel. So we have wow. people from all over the state of Georgia and from some neighboring states that come in as well. Um, and just for, you know, two and a half days, we just pour into you, give you resources and help you build authentic relationships without all the pretense that comes yeah. along oftentimes with ministry. And so, um, yeah, 2022, we're planning for uh, January 13th through the 15th. And I'm excited about, about what God's going to do. Yes, sir. Well, look, as we get ready to wrap up here, I want you to tell them where they can go so they can see more about Classic City Conference. Then also tell them how um, we can connect with you. So Classic City Conference, they can uh, on, on every platform. Uh, we are that name, Classic City Conference, at Classic City Conference. Uh, for Brown Chapel, the church I serve uh, is at BC Oconee, BC Oconee. Um, and then for me personally, it's just my name, J. Ricardo Smith. Uh, on on every platform, I'm like Dr. Kennedy. We we the old heads, man. And so, uh, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is where you'll find me. Uh, and everything that you see posted ain't churchy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hey, I appreciate it, man. Look, I told y'all this is free game. Okay, these are people that we're talking to that are right here with us. So I want y'all to connect. Okay, I want you to get involved. If you're a millennial and you, oh, please go ahead. Well, one more thing before he before he wraps up, I must say this to all those who are listening. That means that you are already hip to uh, the Broke Millennial Podcast. I need for you to share this and make sure that other people get put on because what Jeffrey Lofton is working on, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it in the hearts of man. Great yes. things that's in store. He going from broke to rich, y'all. So y'all need y'all to get on. Uh, Hello, sir. With it. So y'all had, I had to, man. I had to. This, this, Why? this has been a now blessing, listen. It's been a blessing <laughs> to me. It's been a blessing to my workouts to listen to over time. Wow. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, we're, we're excited about the work you're doing. Excited about it. Man, I so appreciate that. And listen, you know, I tell I tell you like uh, these folks do on these TV shows, on like these news shows that they have, you got an open invitation. All you got to do is holler at me. So whenever wow. you, whatever you want to come on, holler at me. You got an open invitation, man. Look, man, you and your family, y'all take care. Family, remember, y'all follow him. Check out Classic City Conference. And of course, as he said, please share this with other people. We trying to put on as many people as we can to this free game. But y'all be good. Have a great week. And we'll talk to y'all next time. What y'all think about that? It's an intriguing conversation, ain't it? The future is so bright. And I want you to know that there is a place for you. And we need you. Now, let's go on and get this day started on the right foot, okay? Make up that bed. Go ahead and fold and hang up those clothes. You know you're wasting too much time rummaging through your basket trying to find what to wear. Go on and put the clothes up. Let's have a great attitude at work today. And let's make someone's day. Now, as usual, I need y'all to know something. I see you. I'm so proud of you. I'm rooting for you. And you're doing just fine. Uh, if this podcast has added value to you in any way, please share it far and wide. 
We're trying to put as many people onto this free game as possible. Y'all be sure to follow us on IG and Twitter at Broke Meal Pod. We'll see you next week.